So we are talking about electric dirt bikes, how to set up your new dirt bike. I keep changing my shirt for some reason. Logan is here doing his side job, and uh, we might give you a riding tip or two. Anyways, this episode is brought to you by Recluse. They are makers of some very fine high-performance clutch components, including their very famous auto clutch. People always ask me, Jimmy, do you really use those? And I'm like, yes, on almost every single one of my personal bikes, because it's one less thing I have to think about. It's one less thing I do. And with my declining skill on a motorcycle, my sliding curve going backwards, it's one less thing I'm not going to mess up anymore. It makes clutch perfect. I don't have to worry about what I'm doing with my, uh, I guess it's my left hand, right? Is that what side the clutch is on? Anyways, you can learn a whole lot more about Recluse at www.recluse.com. That's R-E-K-L-U-S-E. And now here's the show. And we are live at Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where we talk about what, Logan? Dirt bikes and dirt bike related products. Yes, we do. Um, we answer your questions. We talk about the questions that people asked on the um, on the videos, on the previous uh, videos, where you can watch those if you're watching this live on Facebook. Of course, um, a lot of people do that. We run a chat room on Facebook. Questions get answered right away there. Sometimes you find this show uh, about a week later, maybe a week and a day later, or maybe even more than that, because I used to have this guy that came in and knocked it out the next day, and Logan, and uh, but something happened last week. Yeah. What was that? Uh, the card was full, I think. The card was full. Yeah. yeah. So the kid that shows me how to translate things with his phone... Um, he answers questions just by Googling it and stuff. Couldn't Google how to go grab the footage, how to steal it back from Facebook and stick it on the end of the, the video. I've been doing that all week. And then then something's wrong. And it's been uploading this 21-minute version of the show, not the whole hour and 50 minutes. So I managed to get the podcast uploaded. That didn't have the corrupt file, whatever was wrong with it. So I tried about six times today and failed miserably. So uh, no show from last week yet, but uh, it's it's coming. So you can you can listen to it on SoundCloud, on uh, uh, iPod, uh, uh, iPod, iPad, iPod, what, um, iTunes. Yeah, the iTunes things. Yeah, you can uh, you can't hear it on Instagram though. We don't we don't put it up on Instagram. And, and a couple of guys were upset that it's not live on YouTube, which we could do, but it's kind of it's bandwidth um, because then. Where do you pay attention or how do you get the questions? You you would have to have like three or four different things yeah. open. And then we don't have enough. We don't have our wire going out of here isn't big enough to do it in two different places. But we could pay to have a service that will do it. But that would cost extra money. And uh, that's in short supply these days. Right? Yeah. Okay. So this show is brought to you by. Honda. Honda. Yeah. Haunt? Well, how did that happen, huh, Logan? I don't know. Well, here's 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 what's gonna happen. Well, all the you know we you know how it works. It's like since we're completely bought off and paid, uh, we're only gonna talk about Hondas anymore. That's the only bikes we're gonna talk about. Uh, the the we can't talk about the other H brand. 
No, just only Hondas, just red bikes, and only red Hondas, right? Yeah. Oh, you're going to go along with that. Red Hondas? Okay, do the commercial. Oh. First first shot. Here we go. Uh, Honda's new 2021 Sierra F450R is designed to take you from the starting gate to victory circle. This awesome open-class motocrosser features all-new chassis, a motor engine, major engine overhaul, new suspension, and new bodywork. And you can forget about clutch fade, adjustment, or hand fatigue with the new hydraulic clutch system. Lighter than ever, the CRF 450R explodes out of corners when it's time to increase the lead. So get on down to your local dealer, check out the 2021 Honda CRF 450R. Go to mx.honda.com to see our full line up of competition bikes. The Sierra 450R is intended for close course operation only. Pretty good. That was you saw that about what ten seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't bad. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to work on it a little bit. Just clean it up because yeah. I'm pretty sure you know Honda. They might watch and then they want some cleaner copy. That's why I wear a red shirt. But it, oh, my shirt says Scott on it. A wrong shirt, right? I'll work on that. Um, maybe during the show. Uh, let's see. We'll take questions from the room first. Tell a friend with dumb motorcycle questions to ask it here so you don't have to answer. I wrote that. So um, Sean McNeary says, do you guys do anything special for desert temps on oversized tanks? I'm considered foil tape to insulate the fuel line on my 2020 FE501. So, Sean... um, no, I, I actually don't do anything. So I have a fleet of uh, uh, KTM 500s that have larger tanks, and I don't have a lick of foam on any of the tanks, stock or larger. I don't have any insulating shields on any of my fuel lines, and I have not had any boiling gas boiling issues in those bikes. Uh, that said... There's been a couple bikes like that other one that I talked about that does have heat shielding on it. And uh, and it, because of the fuel that we were getting when we had the winter fuel during the summer, um, we had some boiling issues with it. But I wouldn't um, I wouldn't mess around with it. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, I think I think the where you would have really tough time is when you're riding and really, really technical riding when it's really high temperatures and you're not moving and then all the heat from the radiators and the engine kind of works its way up into the tank but i wouldn't think that the fuel line would be um anything i would want to foil tape it on uh some of the ktm adventure bikes uh also had some um uh heat in the gas issues as well but uh, it's not really been a little bit of a problem and uh george says, what's the valve you said I might like in my 500 forks? Did I say valve? Valving. Valving? I said stock. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't remember. what. When did I, uh, when I said it? And Ricky Brabeck, imagine that. He wants to know who the guest is. Honda, Ricky. Honda, you, you could have just been in here just gushing Hondas, and that's all we're going to talk about. And uh, Logan is Logan is the guest today. So uh, Jared Smith says it sounds great. So thanks to uh, Alex for uh, 
was it? I think it was Alex. <laughs> That's how bad I am with names. I'm 99% sure it was Alex that uh, came in. He was taking my class this weekend. He was a sound engineer and uh, tuned us up. He, he literally, just like I do with motorcycles, he walked up, looked at my setup, said, oh, yeah, that knob's out of place. That was it. The gain on one of the speakers was way off. And it, they all look the same. They're just round knobs, right? Just like They're like clickers on your suspension. You can put them anywhere, and they look exactly the same. But something inside is happening different. T- took him 10 seconds to, to pin, and pin down what the problem was. So now we have a little bit more volume on the output, which is good. Um, Logan and I are, have matched speakers, even though he doesn't talk very much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're, all, we're all good. So uh, thank you. And, and Ricky said we were on time. So that's, I just proved that it was the seven minutes late was from him last time. <laughs> so um, Rick Groom says, what's up? What's up? That's up. Uh, <laughs> Rusty Nail gave us a thumbs up, and now he's bummed out because it's Hondas, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, let's see. I know I got a trophy from Rusty Nail. Is that better than the, the thumbs up that flies up this where does the trophy rank in the emojis? Pretty high? I don't know. I don't even know where it is. Oh, you don't know where the trophy emoji is? No. So you can't throw trophies at me in the emoji thing? Um, <laughs> uh, the H brand, Hodaka? Is that, is that what it is? No. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, Jim Keel wants a Harley Pan Am review. That's another H brand. I'm not going to touch it. So Harley, uh, no Harley, Jim. <laughs> Let's see. Mm, why can't I post pictures? Kelly Anson asks. Um, you mean on the, uh, hey, here's a picture. Kelly, speaking of Trail Tech, all we're going to talk about in this show is sponsors. So I'm going to put the Trail Tech Voyager Pro up here, we're, we, you know, because we're bought. So we're going to talk about uh, things. I actually have a thing that says news, right, Logan, on my notes? Uh. News. Yeah, let me have let me have that because I have to remind myself what, what I was going to talk about. Uh, I know what else we're going to do. We're going to give away that shirt because it's a Honda shirt. This shirt is technically a collector's item because it's uh you can hold it up and it's a if it's an extra large shirt. So here's how we're going to give it away: like the fifth person that buys a dirt bike test shirt and they're an extra large, I'm going to stuff that Troy Lee designs back when they had the Honda factory team or the 250F team, um, I'm going to put that shirt into the package. So buy dirtbiketest.com uh, t-shirt. Uh, you can go onto the website and there's a thing that says store and you can click down and get a cool t-shirt that way because I'm going to sell more t-shirts than Ricky Brabeck tomorrow. <laughs> and then, then we'll turn it into a t-shirt selling contest, but somebody will get the Honda t-shirt. Um, news. Yeah, it's all going to be fake news. Um, somebody said that sometimes the Husaberg bell doesn't ring when you mention the 570 and it's disappointing. So who, who was in charge of that? <laughs> um, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta, you guys gotta be more on the ball. I mean, I have one over here, but half the time it just slips out of my, slips out of my, uh, slips out of my mind but the news segment the real news and the reason i pulled up uh, kelly the reason i pulled up the the voyager pro is trail tech released new software that we kind of hinted hinted at two weeks ago on the show and so you just take your uh take your little card and you download it 
off the computer and you put your little card in there and you update update the software. I was actually going to turn this thing on and have it running during the show, but I don't have the new maps in here yet because that's not a feature that, that I, I have my maps in my head. But if you wanted to have maps in this one, um, they have the new software update. It's it's out. It's live. It's good. And, uh, yeah, that's news. Um, I have Ricky, Braber, Ricky, Ricky Brabeck T-shirt news. You know what that T-shirt news is? No. When you buy the, the shirt that says um, the Americans are coming, the logo is on the back. And some people wanted to have that logo on the front. And they, they I guess they might, somebody, probably, it was probably one person was probably upset. But the logo is on the back. So that's just news, just in case. Uh, and Ricky is sorry. He, he apologizes for that. I watched him on his mountain bike ride on his Insta, Insta feed. And he, he was apologizing for putting the logo on the back would would you want the logo on the front of the back uh probably on the front on the front I, I wear the wrong shirt so i'm gonna switch i got i gotta I got switch this why would you want it on the front it's uh i don't know i don't so, i feel like you don't talk to the people behind you oh that's a better that's a better honda shirt um you don't talk to people behind you yeah but then you know what you're about so you should you should go. There's another job for you, Logan. You should go um, do a little consulting for Ricky. You can consult on his T-shirt designs and logo placement. That maybe you can get into that because the international business department that you were supposed to be heading up here. Remember with those ladies that were emailing us, Megan and whatever. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to do some co-ops and stuff. How'd that go? You didn't make me an email yet. I I didn't make you the email. Yeah. Oh. I was supposed to forward it to you. Yeah. You got to read it right off the sheet, didn't you? That was all oh. the information you needed. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and on other news, Jimmy will go ride gas gas bikes on Friday. So if you want to know about new gas gases, you can probably check in with us early next week and we'll know what those uh, what the uh, more red KTMs uh, work like and maybe have a little more information on exactly what's different and what isn't and so forth and so on you know they they have the mini bikes out there too they said they were going to bring kids to ride them if you were healthy i could have brought you yeah they have a 125 too yeah yep okay i'm going to read this question all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mike Zabrik Mike Zabrik asks, the best part of Tuesday is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Would love to hear Logan's story of how he hurt his knee and what he learned from it, if anything. Sorry if this was spoke about already. Keep turning that, keep, uh, turning that DDC sprocket, guys. The show will gain traction. Okay, so what's what's the answer for Mike? Uh, I crashed on my sister's bike. Where at? Uh, Sandy Valley motocross track. Yeah, go, in, go into some detail. Like, what were you doing? Uh, the track was super muddy, and my sister is quite a beginner. Mm -hmm. So I was going to build a line, and then I crashed on the mud. So you were, you were sweeping the mud off the track. Yeah. And you intended to use your tires. Yeah. But you used your knee? Yeah, I have my foot, then my knee. <laughs> so what so like what happened? You were like going straight. Straight. 
and then I wasn't. I was, went into a turn. Because that place is slick. It yeah. has It has some pretty slick, uh, slick dirt. Yeah, clay. And then you stuck your leg out. No. I turned. I was on this side of the track, and it was a right-hand turn, so I was going to go on the outside. So I was cutting in, and the rear tire started going in front of the front. Rear tire went in front of the front, and then you put your foot down. Yeah. Did it go pop? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's how he hurt his knee. Yeah. What'd you learn? What'd you learn? Um, don't wear knee braces and don't go putting personal records on the pit bike track while it's muddy. Personal records? Yeah. Were you doing lap times? Not really, but... You're throwing down a heater. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> well, it's nice of you to sweep the mud off the track. Yeah. Did you have your big bike there? Yeah. And you could have been riding your big bike? Yes. Okay. Just checking. Uh, so don't don't throw heaters down on the pit bike track. Uh, I I don't... So do you think a knee brace would have helped? Yes. So it's not, it wasn't a, was it, it was more of a, a bending it, your knee flexed in a way that it couldn't or did it twist? It twist, uh-huh. but it wasn't like an, a super hard twist. Yeah. It was more of over a duration. Uh-huh. It so like, it kind of, like it kind of stuck and then you it kept. Stuck in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> anymore <laughs> yeah that that's enough that's enough uh talking about that um yeah uh i so i because it was funny because i'm actually this week i was actually trying to order up some knee braces um on online all over the place knee, not knee braces knee cups knee like i i use um a couple different evs ones that you can't get there everything is like it's amazing how much stuff is sold out and it's it's kind of it, it was it was the first step of when I I haven't ordered I haven't needed any motorcycle parts or gear or anything for a, a long time just been riding on what I had and it was like yeah my knee braces or knee, knee cups are getting a little bit worn out so I have knee braces I don't I only wear them really at the track that's about the only time I wear knee braces other times I'm, I'm wearing knee cups all the time so yeah that's a good uh, <laughs> and and and. You know, you know, I've I've kind of seen the the good and the bad with the knee braces and stuff. And I used to, when I hurt my knees, that's when I started wearing them. And I was yeah. probably I was maybe a little bit older than you, probably about seventeen, eighteen. I mean, maybe seventeen when I started wearing the knee braces. And uh, but my I kind of destroyed my knee, and but it made it last till I was twenty seven or something like that. <laughs> I got ten years out of mm-hmm. out of running knee braces with a kind of a kind of a bum knee, but you strengthen up the muscles and everything yeah. comes back. And I did the same thing. MCL was what I tore and then it finally finally tore my ACL later to finish it all off. So hey Mike, hopefully that uh answers your question with Logan. Um uh Doug Derby put a picture of a transmission up on our uh page where we asked for questions today and he he uh he said, what is this transmission from, Jimmy? And then he gave me a hint, which is like, give it away. Greatest bike and dual sport ever made. So what do you think the answer was? Uh, KTM 500. Oh, Hoosberg 570. 
<laughs> now he's saying it. I'm not. Well, here's a here's a funny thing. I mean, the, I think the transmission. I mean, when you look at a transmission, they look the same on almost almost any bike. And I, I looked at it, and you know how I knew it wasn't out of a Husaberg 570. Um, it wasn't out of tilted. It well, you just all you saw was just the piles, the cluster of gears yeah. just laying on. The reason I knew was because it wasn't bent <laughs> from all that power. <laughs> Actually, it was out of a Husaberg 650 is what I think it was out of. Um, it was an older, like the older one. And that, that bike had a lot of power. Like that bike has really a lot of power. Um, not very durable, uh, evidenced by he started dropping a few photos later of his bike that the rod had come out of the bottom of the motor or something like that. And, and I think the transmission was grenaded too. Cause I'm like, why would you even take one of these things apart? Just don't like, don't, you don't ever want to work on one of those things. Uh, the older ones are actually not too hard to work on, but they're hard to get parts for. So, uh, uh, Jason Nader has a question. Why don't you go ahead and hit this one, Logan? I'm going to switch my shirt again. He says, hi, Jimmy. There's a few companies making rally towers for KTM 500. What's your opinion on running one for dual sport use? BDR type riding, uh, fire roads, two track, and easy single track. Not not too technical. What are the pros and cons of rally screen? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Jason. Um, Rally towers on... Uh, 500s and for mostly dual sport use, I, I think it's it's a it's a trade off. It's a it's a little bit kind of either or. Um, it's good a little bit for wind protection. It's a good place to kind of be able to put your GPS. You can store a couple things up underneath it. They look cool. Uh, well, depending on the one you get, um, some of the ones look really homemade, and other ones look really really good. I, the moto minded ones, moto minded ones, kind of come to mind as being ones that kind of fit on there and look pretty good. But uh, I, if, if the, the problem is when you put something up in front of you like that, it makes it hard to kind of see right down in front of you. And we're, we're, I think we talked about it a little bit on last week's show. Um, and I think Andrew was saying, if I didn't have to have all this stuff on my bike, I wouldn't have it on my bike. And I'm the same way. My rally training bike has a Ram ball that I clamp on my iPad and I mount a set of buttons on, and within five minutes, I can turn it from a rally bike into a bike I can go do single track trail on. Um, well, it has the big gas tank. I don't switch much else. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of. I think if you're doing it more for the looks, it's good. If you if you feel like the wind protection will help a little bit, like you know, if you're doing higher speeds where the wind's blowing at you, it can help a little bit. But it, they they kind of get in the way, and it's one more thing to break if you fall. Um, they're not cheap. So that's my, that's my personal opinion. Um, I don't have one, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I might not be the right guy to ask, um, uh, if you're doing that. What do you think, Logan? Um, I haven't really ridden with one. I've ridden that, the Ram mount and the button one, but. What about the, you rode CRF 250 yeah. L. Yeah. Which essentially has a full fairing. That's the same kind of thing. Did you notice anything when you were riding that? Uh, I liked it on the road, and it didn't bother me on the two-track. Yeah. So there it is. If you're doing two-track and roads, uh, yeah. Logan says yes. Um, uh, single track and rally towers should not be used in the same sentence. 
says uh, says Craig Alberts. And then what does Rusty Nail say? What's on the slate for Honda? Will you be testing some models? If so, which ones? Uh, we're trying to, right now, we're trying to get, we have a CR450L. I think we still have it. Um, Berm Cannon Mark has it. We're trying to get uh, the Africa Twin DCT because we want to compare it. We spent a lot of time. You'll see a picture of it floating around on the screen behind us. We spent um, not a lot of time, a fair amount of time on the standard uh, transmission uh, Africa Twin. So we want to get the DCT because that's really a big question a lot of buyers want to have about that. Um, I'm waiting to get my hands on a CR450RX because it's the same as the new motocross bike. And I have a feeling that all the changes they did the motocross bike will bode really well to the uh, RX, but you know, that little blurble everybody's talking about with the 450R, it hasn't gone away. <laughs> and I think they're, they're selling everyone that they can bring to dealers from what I understand. So there's no reason to go and try to get a whole lot of extra press on it when they know exactly what we're going to complain about for the time being. But um, so we'll see, we'll see where, where that goes. I, we still have our 450R, and I think Scott Hoffman has it, and he's doing some stuff with it. I think putting stiffer suspension. So um, that's where we're at with the with the Honda stuff. What should we test, Logan? Um, I definitely like the 250 Rally. Oh yeah. Yeah. What about the CRF 110? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can hurt your other knee, right? Yep. At the flat track, because <laughs> we'll make that thing slippery. Um. Uh yeah, that's uh that's it. What's the next what's the next question? Uh what's your opinion? Oh no. Uh John Johnson. Thanks for answering my question about active suspension. Oh, this guy has a really, really long question, but I don't know if we're gonna read it. Well, I might let you read it. You're getting better at the reading. But yeah, ask the first question. Uh do you think the day is far off when this technology is Utilized on dirt bikes. Utilized. As you are aware, it is already used on ADV bikes pretty expensively. Uh, I see a day when we are using suspension mapping like EF ignition mapping is being used currently. I'm making fun of my shirt, which I just put on the camera. The the shirt says, where I come from, we roost punks who talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, <laughs> that's my next red shirt <laughs> that, I, that I brought on. Um, yeah, so John had asked about the, the, the act. He was the one that asked the active suspension question to, to Ricky um, last week. And this is this is a, a a fuck you racing shirt, by the way. Thank you, Jerry, <laughs> for uh, hooking me up with this one. <laughs> um, th- so there there are ADV bikes that have uh, active suspension, and it's not really active suspension though. It's just electronically adjusted suspension, and really, it's so archaic. It basically adjusts the rebound dampening on most of them. It's just a little servo that adjusts the rebound clicker and another little servo that might do the spring preload. And the spring preload, it's not like you can do infinite adjustment. You can pretty much make it for 
like two people or luggage or one person. And, and so it's, it's just a, it's a big wide range. And I tell you almost any time I'm on an adventure bike, I have it in two person full luggage just cause I want that extra preload. So it's nothing like the stuff that they were working on, um, on the, uh, on the rally bike. So, but, um, I think I, I think the day is far off when we're going to start seeing this stuff on the, on the dirt bikes, uh, because it's cost. It's just, it's, it's expensive at this time. And, but it, for the adventure bikes, it's showroom bling. It's, it's gimmick. It's, uh, um, you know, in reality, think about how many times, how much do you really change your suspension once you get it the way you like it? So, um, that's the, uh, that's the question there. We want to hit this next question. This could this could this could open up a can of worms. This one. Uh, I think it's by a different person, actually. No, it's it's the same guy. It's John Johnson. I moved his question there in the in the thing there. So go ahead and go ahead and start reading it. I'll start I'll start doing comments. Probably change my shirt again. You never know. Jimmy, Maybe get a beer. Like yourself, I'm a man of certain age. Oh, well, what what does that mean? It means you're in your mid twenties. Okay. <laughs> I have seen. He's a womanizer, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen many changes in OHV use. We are about to see a big change in power sports in- industry. California Governor Newsom has signed into law executive order in seventy nine section two, subsection C. Okay, so right away, you know this guy's doing his research. <laughs> John's got got some of the facts here. Uh, where's Where's Chris Real? <laughs> Chris Real might need to be present for this discussion. Okay, keep going, Logan. Um, references a band of sale of all new gas powered off road vehicles by twenty thirty five. This is a bit of political virtues signaling. But it is still a law on in, until no until it is re- reconciled or amended. So a question here: He he just did an executive order, but that doesn't make it law, correct? Oh, the legislature it has to be approved by the legislature. So he's he is. He's he's recommended well in California it's gonna slide right through if he has anything to do with it. So he's he's proposed this, correct? That's yes. but they haven't they haven't voted on it or done anything with it. Because it, it's still gotta go. Not that I'm aware of yeah, it, it, the same thing with cars and- Right. It, it, this is part of that bill. This is this is part of it, but he'll get into it a little bit a little bit more. Keep keep reading. Um as you know from being a past resident of California, the cultural and political climate sticker oh in california might be modified modifications to the mandate difficult not to mention the current red sticker revision banning two strokes so like california had this red and green sticker thing and green sticker was essentially emissions compliancy it meant it meant a uh, off-road motorcycle Uh, had a certain it met an emissions requirement and it also I don't it's kind of funny because I mean I even get confused in this still that there's that that it's sound 
it has some sound components to it and it has some emissions components to it in California because it's it's mandated by CARB is the one that the one that does it. So that's why that's why you hear about these California green sticker bikes. And since they sell so many bikes in California, that's why it was so important in the grand scheme of things. And they keep changing. They they, they keep making the, the emissions compliancy more. So it, it, it was tailpipe emissions and there it was fleet averaged. And then it was, I'm pretty sure. And then it was, now they started getting into evaporative emissions. So like the, the vent hoses on the gas tanks and the bikes can't spill out the side, um, you know, out of the carburetor. If they have a carburetor, they need to be fuel injected and things like that. <clears throat> For the same reason that the Yamaha WR is still, they come very corked up, but they don't, they're not even green sticker bikes because they don't have uh, the proper charcoal containers and stuff on the, on the gas tanks. So they, they couldn't, they, they had the bikes all ready to go and the, the, the interpretation of the law, they didn't feel like they met it. So they, they stopped, they stopped doing it. But this is, <clears throat> this is, it's interesting because what he's going to get, at, let me kind of grab this and I'll kind of paraphrase a little bit what he starts talking about. Um, he, he basically is saying that the culture and political climate in California will make modifications to this mandate difficult. So <clears throat> they'll, they'll, they'll put this stuff in law and then the manufacturers kind of have to abide by it. Let's see. A handful of other states have similar legislation on the books with varying timetables and requirement. In addition, there are many European countries with legislation legislation that is parallel in California. And this, I think he's talking about this time, he's talking about the electric-only vehicles. And the funny thing is, is that he'll get into this a little bit later, but he talks about <clears throat> the fact that they specifically state that, that, that off-road vehicles will have to be electric-powered. That's that's where he kind of gets in. It's like there's a specific wording in it that says electric vehicles. And let's see. Um, uh, can't find the the thing. But he goes into he goes into talking about how Honda and, you know, other manufacturers have shown, you know, electric dirt bikes. And, and he's 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 kind of I think what he's kind of afraid of is that everybody's kind of kind of get on board and say, okay, we're, you know, 2035, that's plenty far out. But like, what happens if you, I mean, where are you going to charge your bike in the great outdoors, which doesn't have power cords everywhere to be able to go ride your, your vehicle, you know, your new, your new electric vehicle that you buy. Um, well, the way things are going with dual sports, you know, to make a bike that, that that's that compact, that puts out that little emissions that doesn't, that doesn't make any noise, you're, you're heading towards green you know, you're heading towards electric vehicles to a certain extent. Um, they, you know, he, I know he's talked uh, to some of the people that are involved in the advoc advocacy for this. And he's, he's worried that everybody's kind of like going, oh, the other group will handle it. You know, this, you know, oh, the AMA, maybe they don't want to touch it because they think it's far enough out. And then maybe, you know, the M Motorcycle Industry Council. And there's a lot of different groups that could maybe touch this, but I think it's still maybe a little bit far away from becoming a law. But if you don't pay attention to this stuff, it sneaks up on you and all of a sudden like less sound equals more ground and oh yeah? <laughs> closure, closure, closure. Yes, Bob. I keep wondering if California is by twenty thirty five will have the electrical infrastructure in place that you I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of times these are just pie in the sky things. It's it's a soundbite for the news media and and they're saying something. And maybe, you know, a lot of times 
you'll hear about this stuff and you know, the people that are involved in the land use community will hear about it in some other way. They'll hear about it getting proposed or pitched or something like that. Um, the, like I said, the fact that they specifically named off-road vehicles, I'm pretty sure it's just one more way that they're stabbing at what we're doing. You know, it's like, it's like, Hey, you know, this is another way we can get rid of them because when it, when they said it was sound, you know, before they said it was sound and we did a pretty good job of most people did a pretty good job of, um, the manufacturer sure did a very good job of taking care of that sound problem. Um, but you know, when it, when it was two strokes, it was like, it was just, that was just a, it was an easy target. It was like, Oh, we're going to use old emission standards and show how polluting two strokes are where now they're actually very clean. You know? So it's, uh, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's one of those things is just the next, the next thing we've done pretty good job at meeting all of the requirements. And, uh, Yeah. That's where we're going to be um, kind of doing this. He wants he wants dirt bike. To, what he'd like is he said it would be great if a feature article in the new DBT digital magazine could look into the future of the dirt bike in the coming decades. I think it is important that the riding public has an idea of what is to come and not bury its head in the sand like it has in the past. Some might say. I'm being an alarmist, but I can remember when the legislature in California and the environmental lobby closed off a considerable amount of OHV areas in the mid 70s and 80s. He says, rest in peace, Barcelona to Vegas. So this is what I was just talking about. Then they regulated the two stroke in obscurity in the 80s or the 90s and the thousands. It looks like the extinction of the internal combustion engine will be their legacy for the 20s and 30s. I do not underestimate the California politics and I do not underestimate that the California politics has the ability to affect policies and the direction of the power sports industry worldwide. This is evident in the four-stroke revolution that has taken place in the recent past. I'm going to stop now and give you my feelings on that. Like I said, we've been presented a lot of challenges, and the industry did a very good job of reacting, adapting. I mean, if, if, if it was 1997... And you told me that that four strokes are going to be the, the only thing you'd see at the motocross tracks when racing was four strokes. You'd go, no way, especially. You know, I mean, they had they had to modify the rules. It had to come from all directions. They had to change the rules for the displacement and stuff, um, things like that. But we have come a long way. If you if you dropped a KTM 500 or a CR450L now that we're Honda, right? Got to say that. No, yeah. if you dropped one of those things out of the sky in in the mid nineties and said, Hey, this is, you would not believe that that the performance that we're getting out of these things as quiet as they are and, and as, as efficient and how well suspended and all the, all the things you wouldn't believe it. So I think we have done a good job in that. It would be great to get some insight about the future plans from the power sport industry, the manufacturers, the dealers, the competitive sanction bodies, federal, state, and government, etc. I would imagine at least Honda would be excited to discuss their direction for the future. <laughs> they have already rolled out their goals publicly. And in this in this letter he sent me, um, he dug around and found some uh, press statements that they made. That, you know, I think it was a few years ago when they introduced that electric motocross bike um, on what their plans were. And they've, you know, they were the first ones to literally give up the two stroke. I mean, they just gave it up and they stuck with it. You know, they're, they're, they're a four stroke company and it's because they're a car company and they're green and they, you know, so um, they kind of, they kind of go down that thing. Um, 
I don't. It, <laughs> I don't think anybody in the United States would would know exactly what the what the uh, direction for for that electric vehicle is. Um, actually, actually, I was trying to get some information on that bike not too long ago, and the people that knew about it didn't know anything more than what we knew, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago. So, um, you're going to be riding electric bikes, bro. Yeah. I mean. Some of them are pretty good, uh, like like for kids, you know, and you can laugh about it now, but when I grew up, there was no such thing as a KTM mini bike. KTM did not make mini bikes. They made a 125 and up, mostly big bore bikes. And now you can hardly find a kid that hasn't come up riding on, you know, KTMs and stuff like that. And you think about like, there's my generation, my age, we all started on, you know, Honda Little CRF or not? They're, they're CRF50s now, but they were Monkey 50s, CT70s, Trail 110s, XR75s, MR50s. You know, and and then and then there was that whole generation that started on PW50, the whole Yamaha, you know, group that got started on PW50, a little bit a little bit younger than myself. But a lot of kids now are starting on OSETs. They're starting on these Strider bikes. And so they, they may jump into the gas game for a little while, but it isn't going to take long for they might they might be able to just evolve the whole way. KTM's got a crazy fast electric 50, you know, that, that's a race bike. And they just started racing them at Loretta Lens. You know, it's, it's almost a spec class now because there's not a lot of competition for it, that, that particular bike. But that's the way it was when they raced PW50s. And so I think it'll it'll just evolve. We'll we'll adapt and we'll evolve. Is it going to be good? Right here, you can sit here and go, no way, it can't be as good as gas. But I rode an Alta. We did a, there's, there's a test on dirt bike test. It shows how many miles. We did a pretty darn good, I would say, almost a full trail ride, like three quarters of a full trail ride that we would have done on our gas bikes, on the electric bike, and it finished and it still had power. And we weren't being conservative with it. We rode it just like we would have, have, have we rode the gas bikes. And, uh, of course, I, I would have needed a 220 plug at my house that I didn't have to, to charge it up quickly. But I could have charged it up slowly on the 110 overnight. But it was it was the most, and it was it was enough to do that. But to really cover distances and stuff, you would you would be you would be hard pressed right now. But batteries are going to get better. Things are going to get better. So. Um, yeah, John. Thanks for. Uh, he's actually not live because he's 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 one of the other guys that tells me I need to. He doesn't do Facebook. He probably watched the Social Dilemma. Did you watch that yet, Logan? No. No. That's what, you don't have Facebook, do you? Yeah, you do. You have yeah, to do. if you're on it. Yeah. If you watch it, you just turn it off. You get scared. <laughs> Anybody else watch that and they're not on Facebook anymore? <laughs> no. Nobody that's watching right now would, would I was talking to somebody that, that hadn't seen it yet and I'm pretty sure they'll be off Facebook after they watch it. That's the the general reaction. Um it's not a funny story. Huh? It's not funny. It's... Oh no, it's well you know what's funny is that most of the people like like when they when they give you these technologies, they they feel like they're doing good. They're doing good, but you if if you get something that's good this free technologies they give you, you know, Google, whatever it is, it's not free. Yeah. And it's nothing, nothing, it's nothing is free. It, what, what were we talking about? Like we, <laughs> we're, we're saying you're going to pay for it someplace or another. You're going to pay for it sometime. So, uh, 
Yes. Um, we have any other questions in the room, Logan? Uh, I've changed my shirt. This oh. one was on backwards, by the way. This logo, or that logo, was on the back of the shirt, so. There's to Ricky. <laughs> and what was the question again? Don't uh, quit watching me change. Uh. <laughs> uh, um, George said, was it Newsom that proposed the three-stroke engine eliminating <laughs> the ex- exhaust stroke to eliminate the emissions? No, I'm the one that did that. I I invented the three-stroke. Me and that Gabe guy from that um, torture test magazine. So the three-stroke would fix everything. It's it, it actually sucks the emissions back in, and it makes it it it, it it's net it's a net zero. What do they what do they make it net zero? There's like that Volvo you can drive, and it actually has a catalyst in the radiator, and it actually cleans the air more than it pollutes it. You know, there's there's smart people out there. We'll figure something out. Hey, look, my shirt's climb. It says climb now. Hey, Logan, how come I got a climb shirt this time and you don't? Uh, I've been wearing the climb one a couple. <laughs> <laughs> You're Shows pimping the dirt bike test T-shirt that hopefully somebody's gone in the store and uh, ordered already. Um, yeah, everybody's really stoked on Gavin. <laughs> oh, Chris, Chris Real is here. Oh, <laughs> he, he he'll probably he can probably he's probably just been typing the whole time, correcting all the all the the half-ass answers that I gave. But I, he sits in the rooms and gets to listen to some of these guys when they start proposing this far out stuff and and. You know, I see his eyes roll back in his head because it goes, you can just see him go, well, that's impossible. <laughs> so, um, okay, next question. Or did, did I answer that last one? No, that was a joke. Uh, Rick Grom said, Logan, go up a few to my checklist question. Yeah, but question. Justin Smith says, another mark for Jimmy to put on his wall. Both of my kids have started still starting in one case on OSET because of him telling me about them at KTM Rally to Bend, 2012. So I was I was pitching electric bikes in 2012. I'm, I'm ahead of the curve. Mm. <laughs> I actually, I, I up until, uh, well, right now, because Alta's gone, and I haven't I haven't ridden in, in like a current zero. Actually, someone someone just the other day uh, was um, telling me about an, this other electric bike. It's more like a mountain bike kind of hybrid cross crossbreed kind of a thing. Still, Stel- something something. Yeah, but there, there's a whole bunch of different names. I think it's just something that they keep, yeah. they they have the motor for, and they just keep knocking it off. Yeah. And and they're really popular in Hawaii. A lot of guys trail ride them and stuff. But right now, it, it, from what I know, from what I've used and ridden, I still think the Oset is the best electric bike out there. It's and and because it 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 accomplishes what it, it the battery lasts longer than most kids' attention spans. It's easy to plug in. You can throw it in the back of the car. It can tip it over. It doesn't spill. You can park it in the house. You can ride it in the house. It doesn't bother the neighbors. It's a win-win in the dirt bike world for sure. And as it grows, as that stuff grows, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, I, I think we'll make stuff work. But I, I'm worried about long-range trail riding too. <laughs> that's that's why I, I ride 2012 to 2015 KTM 500s and not the newer versions because I can get a tank with a gallon more gas in it. And to me, that's important. 
so I can get the almost six gallon tank where I can't get that with the with the newer bikes, and it's yeah. and that makes a difference for what I do. So I'm, I can't have a new bike. No. Okay. What's the, what's the next good question? Uh, Victor said soy based gasoline with gluten free non GMO <laughs> fossil based oil. Victor, you're going to get kicked off dirt bike test, too. <laughs> you're going to go to dirt bike test jail. Uh, you know what climb gear I wore this week, Logan? No, because you didn't get to teach at the school. No. I wore the Power Cross pullover again because it was cold this weekend. And if you are riding and it's cold, that is a good piece of equipment. It's It's like... It's like a bomb-proof. Sh- it's like a. It's like one of those lightweight pack jackets, except it's not lightweight. It's just a little bit bulky, so it doesn't get torn and ripped. But you can still crunch it up, and it, you can open it up and make it vent. So when it gets hot, and it has the gaiters and the sleeves, so when it's really cold, it isn't that bad. Yeah, that's the best piece. I just thought as I looked at my shirt, I said I got to talk about climb stuff again. Okay, next question. Uh, Chris Real, on the electric bike subject. Never say that you will never ride one. They are making progress, not perfect for every application, but good for some applications. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's the, that's the correct answer. I mean, you haven't had an OSET, have you? No. 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 Wanted one. <laughs> you wanted one? Um, the kid, you remember how you saw, saw the kid that was in the class? Yeah. This weekend? He, he had an OSET when he was younger. He started out on one of those yeah. also, and I all the kids. It's funny the kids that I've that I've seen now that have grown up and they're on their eighty fives and and stuff that started on the O sets just seem to be. Well, all the kids seem like they're a little better because they watch videos and they just do whatever they see. But some of those kids are actually really really good, and they you can see that they they don't have the sit down and just kind of hang on to the back of the motorcycle. They're standing up on the bikes a lot more, yeah. which. A lot of times when you watch kids that are kind of like coming off the, the auto clutch bikes and getting onto the 65s, you just watch them and they never stand up. They just kind of, they're just kind of plopped on it and they, they sort of ride. And when you start on a bike that doesn't have a seat, yeah, you know, they, they do it like a strider bike in the beginning, they waddle, but if they really want to start riding it, then they're, then they're up on the foot pegs and that's, that's good too. So that's a whole different thing. Um, Craig Albert says, thank God my underwear doesn't have slogans or logos logos on it. (laughs) Yep. I got to get down to the Honda shirt. Any more questions? Are we running out? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. There we go. Finally. (laughs) CRF shirt. Sporting. Where are we for the team? Where's Ricky winning? (laughs) Um. Uh, someone wanted to know how our rally training went. Our rally training went well. And we're going to do one more before we send those guys uh, off. Rick Grom, or Gom, what is your checklist or to-do list to a brand new bike when you bring it home, before you ride it? I have a 21 KTM 300 XCW TPI that I will be breaking in Christmas Day. Uh, you have it now, <laughs> or you're gonna get it on Christmas. What do you think? He's. I think he'll be getting. He's it. getting it on Christmas. What do I do? Um, 
it kind of depends. Uh, it, it, it depends on how bad I want to ride it. <laughs> um, it's funny because I mean, it'd be doing all the magazine stuff for over all the years, the new bike, the new bike thing is, is I used to, I used to feel so bad riding them. Cause I mean, when I was a kid and I got new bikes, I'd put like clear plastic over the graphics and stuff so they wouldn't get scratched up and, um, you know, just do things to make them, you know, put tape on certain things. So they, cause I was, I wanted them to stay clean and everything. Um, but as I, you know, started testing a lot of bikes and started getting used to it, um, it was like, it's going to get thrashed anyways. I don't care. So it was like about kind of how it looks, but where I was really particular is it depended on the brand and it depended on what day the bike was assembled at which factory. And it's different. Um, you could, you could save yourself a lot of grief with, if you, within the first five hours of owning that bike, you pull out like all the, the bolts, like the axles, the swing arm pivots, the suspension bolts, um, the, do the headset grease, all of that stuff. I would, I would definitely take some time within the short, short term. I mean, you don't have to do it right away. Nothing's going to, I dare, I doubt that anything will go bad and then pack the grease, pack the bearings with grease. Um, would definitely do that. Uh, and when you're putting it back together, torque everything to the manufacturer's spec. I guarantee they try to at the factory, <laughs> but it depends on how fast they're coming through, whether they get it all the way there or, you know, things like that. But, but, you know, especially just when you do little things like that, setting up the headset, the right torque on the headset so that it, it's, it, it moves freely. Uh, I would definitely uh, do that kind of thing. Um, and other than that, it's just like kind of a, 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 a bolt check uh i would i would usually after the first time i really rode it you know check the spokes and then for the next three times probably check the spokes uh and uh, fast company makes a super awesome spoke wrench by the way if you want to do it perfectly because that way you can you can do it you know you can set them before because getting torque on a spoke is if you don't have a good feel for it pretty difficult i have a good feel for it and i still like using the torque wrench because you're going to go around and you're going to make it perfect and if you think about the way a wheel's held together it's tension and so having the right tension on all the spokes will go a long way and having that wheel settle in uh really nice what else would what else would i do um you know check check the little things like the wires and stuff make sure the wires aren't rubbing or getting pinched someplace Remember, the person that is assembling that bike, you know, the people that are assembling that bike are doing 150 or 200 of them a day. And if one slips by with one little thing, and it's really rare, but um, that would be that would be it on the before I wrote it, I think. Um, I don't really, I mean, the cables these days don't need to be lubed like they used to be in the old days. Um, what else happens to bikes? Do I Loctite certain things? Yeah, depending on certain bike. Like on the on KTM's, I used to Loctite anything that had to do with the chain guides and the chain buffer pads. Those always seemed to fall out. I remember. Bob, any advice? Yeah, I think so. Just just ride it, and then after fifteen hours, send your suspension and have it serviced. <laughs> That's the don't don't get it modified unless unless you're getting springs send it in and just have it serviced and then and then ride it again before you have anything done before you start complaining cuz you can buy all kinds of stuff but it'd be even even if it's even if it's not right or you you kind of think you have a direction where you're going play with the clickers and start going in that direction 
and see how much better you can make it before you have anything done. Then when you send it to your guy, if you want to have your suspension done, uh, you know you know what it works like with good oil in it, and it's 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 all set. And then you have a direction that you're going, and then then that way when you're talking about it with your suspension tuner, you say, well, stock was this. I set it like this. This is the best I could get it working. Can you get me back into, like, I would say get, get it back to zero. Make it so that the bike works better than this and my clickers are in the middle of the range. And, uh, oh, yeah, set your sag. <laughs> set your... Set your sag. That's a that's a good thing to do. Um, Mark Daniel says grease and I seize the axle adjustment bolts. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Mark, awesome. Um, on the KTM, uh, the the chain adjuster bolts. You don't have to do that for like two years. <laughs> you can get away with two years, but if you have, after two years, if, especially if you're in a wet climate, um, the the those bolts if they don't have anti seize on them. So so yeah, when you're pulling that axle off. Pull those bolts all the way out, put some anti-seize on them, and uh, run them back up in there. That's a good one. There's probably like four or five other little things that we're not thinking of right now. But um, you don't have to do, do a whole lot. Lock tight the kickstand spring bolt or you will lose the spring bracket on the trails. Actually, better yet, Corey, um, get a trail tech kickstand because <laughs> uh, those are good. We have tests on those in the magazine. And, uh, yeah, the kickstand won't break off as easy. I think that was it. Um, Rick Grom says, thank you, Jimmy. I used to ride them till the wheels fell off. As I get older, I realize how much money I wasted not doing proper maintenance. <laughs> um, I still ride them till the wheels fall off. I got by the, uh, Speaking of that, I, I have a KTM 400 with a license, California license plate on it. it and it's not electric. It's gas, my friends. Uh, and it's got a carburetor for all those people that, you know, want to keep the carb live. Um, I threw it up on a SoCal Dual Sport Riders form today. So if you're if you're looking for that, seven ninety versus eight ninety Adventure R. He has a question mark. Which, and that's chasing waypoints. Um, I don't know. I haven't ridden the eight ninety yet, so I can't tell you. <laughs> don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Africa Twin. I have to say that, don't I? I have to say that now. <laughs> uh, um, I think actually, if you're curious about that bike, I know Chris at, um, Rottweiler performance just got one and he's, he's been weighing it. And of course he's tearing it all apart cause he's going to modify everything on it. But, um, he, he likely has ridden it and, and probably will spill out some information on the differences. Um, from what I know, because maybe I allegedly rode an 890 and I didn't know it, but I might, may have ridden it. Um, it's basically, it's. It's it's a way that they can keep the power levels, maybe increase the power level a little bit while meeting the more stringent emissions and sound standards. So they're kind of going to be the same. Um, I would expect just since it's 890, it might have a little bit more torque, but I don't know until I ride it. And I don't know when I'm going to ride it because uh, I haven't been told when we're going to get be able to get one. Uh, so how many Hondas are in the Lewis stable? And Mark Daniels says he has has three. Okay, should we start counting? Two CRF450s. Yep. Um, the, one CRF250, which is Ned's. Um, well, we haven't got there yet. We got Let's work away. CRF230, I got one of yes. those. I have a new CRF230 that's in a BBR chassis that I just repossessed that was sitting out in someone's 
uh, side of someone's house, unfortunately, and it, it's thrashed, but it needs to be rebuilt. Um, there's the XR100 Baja bike. Yeah. There's the XR100 flat track bike. There's a Honda 50 floating around here someplace. I think so. Where is that thing? Yeah, George's, George's nemesis. I haven't seen that thing for a while. We've got to figure out where that thing's at. There's an XR650. There's an XR650 yeah. in there. Um, any other Hondas? Oh, there's a quad. There's a Honda quad right out there. Yeah. It's 10. I'm up to 10, Mark. <laughs> so I, got, I got a few that I can that I can count. We got to find that 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 Sierra 50. I don't know. Did you ever rebuild the carburetor on that thing? No. You never did. I gave you that a couple times. Um let's see any other ones? Uh George said that George said that he learned that he needed to put radiator guards on a new bike. So I'll tell you something that that's okay. That's a that's a very valid and a, and a good point. When you have a new bike, if you're going to put any sort of radiator protection on it, put it on it when it's new, brand new. Because if all it takes is one little ginch and you'll never fit that radiator protection on it. And because it, it's just, it's, yeah, it doesn't take much to get the radiators a little bit, uh, a little bit out. Um, Mark Daniels. Jimmy, do you think the KTM 500 EXCF 5.3 gallon tank and the ret uh, and the B retrofitted to the 2018 to 20? So he's talking about the big ones that I run. I don't think it can be. I I, I know people have done it, but I think the the frame shape is different. And if you know much about those KTM's, that gas tank is held on by one six millimeter bolt. That's it. There's there's nothing else holding it. The seat pushes on it. It goes down into the two rubber hubs. Yeah, it goes onto the rubber hubs, but it's there's not a lot bolting that thing on there. And if you don't have all those those points aren't tight with that much weight, you know, roughly six gallons, 36, 30, 35, 36 pounds of gas floating around in there. Um that could be a uh that could be an interesting uh, good times. Um Let's see. Uh, Chasing Waypoint says, yes, I'm just waiting to get my 790, but I'm not sure there is a... Oh, it's obsolete now. <laughs> well, that's what KTM does. They change everything every two years. It's... it's uh, Just get... just get you. It, they, and they change them just enough so you can't make your, your old one like the new one. It's, it's, and it's just those things. And that's why I say don't ride a new one. If you, if you have an older one, Probably shouldn't ride a new one because every time I ride a new one, I want a new one. What does Cur- what does Curly Stoker say? Uh, Kyler. Kyler. Um, TTR two thirty with carb, full carb rebuild kit, complete carb, clean of tank, inside and out, new on off. Valve and screen filter inside. Bike would start and run like a dream, but but if you turned it off, it would not restart unless you lose lose the drain screw. I think it means loosen, but yeah. yeah. On the float bolt, 
dirty colored gas would come out of it close to drain screw. And it would fire right up. Let's see. He did the complete clean. He cleaned everything that I can think of, but it's still bringing out. Did did you new fuel lines? Because the gas these days eats fuel lines, and <clears throat> the fuel lines could have gone bad, and you're just picking up contaminated fuel line that's coming off and starting to run down in the carburetor and causing the problem. So I would replace the fuel lines if you hadn't done that. Um, yeah, it'll plug everything. Um, drain screw. So, and the other thing that could have happened is when you were doing that, you didn't. Now I don't know why I would start up the first time and not the second time because sometimes the floats stick. I mean, how did it run? If it, if it started and ran and you rode it around, and it ran fine, and then you shut it off, and it wouldn't restart. That's kind of a strange thing. But if you just started it, ran it for a little bit, and stopped it, maybe you didn't use enough fuel. Where the floats were kind of when the floats go up, they get stuck. A lot of times, that debris will cause that float to the 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 little needle and seat. It can get those things to stuck. They get on the side of them and they stuck shut. So yeah, there's there's a a lot of different ways, um, a lot of different ways to screw up a carburetor. And I, I saw our buddy Sam Felipe Baba. I don't. Um, I don't see in the, the chat room tonight. Um, he he had a posted a picture today of a of his Yamaha WR carb all apart, and he got into the mid body. And I don't know if anybody knows about like on the Yamaha FCRs. There's the there's the mid body of the carb that nobody knows about that comes apart and it has gaskets inside of it and stuff that corrode over time, and they plug up these tiny little passages. So when your bike with that FCR carb starts doing funky stuff that you just can't explain, and you've cleaned everything, it's that. Like when the idle is erratic or, you know, when your fuel screw seems like it doesn't make any difference and all of a sudden it makes all the difference in the world, um, uh, carb mid-body. And just realize that even though the carbs look the same on the outside, there's about four or five different styles of mid-body passages inside of there. Um, yeah, uh, that's, the, that's probably the most useful information that anybody with an FCR carb could ever have from tonight's show. So buy my KTM 400 <laughs> or, or I have a 525, 400, 525, I have a 250 for sale, bikes for sale. Um, I'm selling them all to buy Hondas. You know how it works around here. Just so we do turncoats. Uh, <laughs> and Craig Albert says dangerous playing FCR mid body work. Yes, it is. Cause the little torques bits you need to get out of there. And, um, and then, and then usually you have to buy all four of the different gasket kits to figure out which one you really have because they look almost identical. Although I was working with all balls trying to get their their descriptions and model years a little bit better because um, I had some stuff that was a little bit off. So, yeah. Anything else, Logan? you have any other questions? Mm, I don't think so. You don't think so? Did you, did you like the show with uh, Ricky and Andrew on it last week? Yes. How come you didn't upload it to the YouTubes then? <laughs> if it was so good, how come you didn't put it on the internets? Are you going to get this one up tomorrow? Let's talk uh, about let's talk about this right now. I will hopefully get it up. Okay, I will. I like that part of it. And then we went to hopefully. 
that was that that's yeah that's that's a bog it's like your, that's like your 125 two gears too high it was like well hopefully that was like verse second and then boom hopefully yeah and now we're now now we're singling the triple jump logan so so where so we're at we're now so now we're hopefully singling the triple jump and and like how what did like i, I don't the, the lights on there's no blinking stuff going on we should be good right that uh little the SD card in there was blinking, but I don't know if that does anything right now. This thing here? No, the red. The red thing. In the desktop. Uh oh, you mean this red frame around here? No. Oh, the in here, that one there? No. Yeah, Logan, you need to. You, you're the technical advisor, so if you see something going wrong, you need to say something here. So I'm just over here drinking beers and changing my clothes. <laughs> I'm hardly paying attention. <laughs> um, so uh, hey, if you are, um, did I frame Andrew's wheel? No, he's. It's still one of his spares right now. <laughs> um, but uh, he said he was going to leave it. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, hey, thanks a lot to George for. Um, uh, posting up all those little links in the chat room so when you're when you are if you do dare dare to go on facebook and and watch this live um george puts links up there's a pretty active little chat room going on where we can answer your questions right away that's how we get the questions here if you're listening to this on a podcast you can always email us at dirt bike test and we can try to get to your questions then um of course, we look at the last week's show on YouTube and try to answer all those questions up there. Or if there's a bike video or a test video and some questions pop up, we'll try to bring it up on this show to be a little more dynamic and and uh, how things are going. I just haven't had time to do many more videos lately. We're 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 contemplating the future of the digital magazine. See if there's a there's some lifeblood in it for another issue. Seems like there is. Um, but the billing department, that, that's me, um, has to send out the invoices. That's me to get the money from the first one so we can do the second one. So we'll see how things are going. But um, slogan on the left and Logan on the right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Logan, what's the best bike? Oh. He can't even. He, he's he's so torn right now. He can't he can't tell me. He's he's a, okay. Here's what's going on. He's afraid that he won't be able to get the the YouTube video up tomorrow. So he's he's hedging his bet. He's being careful. He doesn't he don't want to say he's going to do it and then not be able to do it. And then he knows what he likes. He knows which bike he likes, but he's afraid to say it because he thinks I might bark at him or something. What's the best bike? Uh, I haven't rid a for anything. Well, I haven't run a Waffle. Honda over a Honda over two fifty, and I haven't oh. ridden a Husaberg, so I'm you, gonna you go with KTM five hundred. KTM You haven't ridden any of the Honda four fifties that we have in rental bikes in the class. Not even to uh, warm them up, the, up and down the street. The Honda four fifty for a trail ride with Faye and Camp Johnny. Okay. You rode one of the Honda 450s that day? Yes. Oh, because we wanted to be all red that day. Yeah. Yeah, we all want to look like Honda people. See, I can switch. I can switch. Just doesn't take long. Just go and go in the garage and get one. The only one that would be hard for me to ride right now would be um, Kawasaki. Randy Fish. Olaf from Guerrero Negro. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet you the weather's nice down there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I wonder if he's uh, I wonder if he's a, a resident down there. Let's see. Trick questions sponsorships. <laughs> Anyways, hey, uh, by the way, hey, I really do appreciate Honda coming on board. I mean, I'm in all honesty, it's like they they did make a conscious decision this year uh, to support some what we'll call endemic media. They, you know, they've been spending all this money with Googles and the Facebooks and stuff like that. And they, somebody down there realized it's like, hey, we need guys that really know what they're talking about, that really test our products, that can deliver the message. And they know me. They've known me for a long time. Uh, and they decided they'd like to support this show. They like what we're doing here. Um, and so they, it's not going to change the way we feel about bikes or test how we test bikes or anything like that. And in fact, before I even knew this was coming about, you can listen to the podcast on our CR450R, the one I'm going to do the read on in a minute. You can listen to the podcast about that bike. And I, I, I mean, I was really happy with that bike and I talk about how much I liked it in that test. It was like, I was really happy with it. And it's kind of funny because. I complained a little bit about the blurble that everybody complained about, but I was way more stoked on the suspension, the chassis and the handling. And it's funny because it sort of took a left turn when all these media guys got it and like, ah, suspension's too soft. And ah, it's, it's this and it's that. And it's like, no, I think for the regular guy, I think they kind of nailed it. And that's why I really want to ride the RX. W- won't know until I ride it. But um, if, if that direction, cause I'm a little more off road guy now, but if that direction took its place, um, I think that could be a really, really good bike. And then poor Big John, who has his Sierra 450X, we all bummed out because <laughs> I got him to buy that X <laughs> last time. So, anyways, uh, so anything? Is, that's it. We're closing it up the show. You got another question? Uh, oh. Todd Kelly, when does the Christini come out? When does the Christini come out? Oh, he's, I think he's talking about the all wheel drive adventure bike. <laughs> probably not very soon i still need to go and work on that christini we have the the 450 to get that thing tuned up right but uh uh the all-wheel drive adventure bike they're i i think they're they're slammed making all-wheel drive mountain bikes fat tired all-wheel drive mountain bikes they're you know bicycles you can't even get them and that's such a unique thing they were busy with them anyways and that's sort of taken over for right now so wouldn't expect uh anything motors motorized out of them for anytime soon i don't think um okay honda's new 2021 crf 450r is designed to take you straight from the starting gate to the victory circle this awesome open class motocrosser features an all-new chassis a major engine overhaul new suspension and new bodywork and if you forget about the clutch fade adjustment or hand fatigue with the new hydraulic clutch system should have said and you can forget about clutch fade adjustment or hand fatigue with the new hydraulic clutch system lighter than ever the crf 450r explodes out of corners when it's time to increase your lead so get on down to your local honda dealer and check out the 2021 crf 450r go to mx.honda.com to see the full line of competition bikes and remember the CRF450R is intended for closed course competition only. Okay. So with that, everybody, we are going to close down the show unless Logan has any other bits of news for us. Um, does the first gen Christini count as a Honda? <laughs> all of the all of the Christinis are well no, no, there was there was the whole run of KTMs, but any of the Christini four strokes were 
based off of Hondas. Like even the current Christini is based off of the 2008-ish Sierra 450X. So uh, yeah, they're kind of like they're kind of like knockoffs, but they're so different. But it's um, you can pretty much replace almost any part on it with a Honda part. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of crossover there. Okay, everybody, thank you for joining in. And uh, I don't know if we're going to do a show next week. I might be out doing that second batch of rally training. Um, maybe we'll try to pre-record a show with some of those clowns and get them to talk again, and uh, we'll uh, go from there. Anyways, thanks, for everybody, for sponsoring the show. Thanks for watching, and we will – what are we going to do? See you on the trip. Hey, Logan, that was a pretty good show, huh? Yeah, it was. Did you learn anything? Yeah. What was that? I need to get a recluse on a- – all my bikes. All your bikes? Yeah. Which one first? Uh, probably the YZ250F. Why is that? So I worry less about my clutch and worry more about my riding. So we're going to see in the expert class pretty soon, yeah? Hopefully. Right on. So if you need more information about recluse clutches, where do you go, Logan? Go to www.recluse.com. That is recluse spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E. So for Jimmy Lewis, this is Logan Tyler, and we'll see you on the next show.